You come at the king, you best not miss. You're now locked in the zone, zone 32. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Zone 32 podcast. The people are back. My name is Jake. His name is Drew. His name is Will. His name is Grant. What up, people? Shut the fuck up, Jake. Let's get back into it. The Ravens finally did something. They hired an offensive coordinator today, Todd Munkin, the current OC with the Georgia Bulldogs, the two-time national champions. Before that, he was the OC with the Browns, although Freddie Kitchens is calling those plays, if I remember right, not necessarily Munkin. But that's fine. You have to give him good days and bad days. Go back to the Bucks when he was the OC under Dirk Cutter with Jameis Winston, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Deshaun Jackson, and Mike Evans. When it was a prolific offense, where I remember right, they finished number one in passing and number three in total offense for yards. So anyway, I'm not going to get further into it. I'm just the host. We got Drew here to get into it. So Drew, why is this a good hire? Why should I get excited? I don't know if we're allowed to be excited because, you know, I, I said on Twitter that it was a good hire and people have gotten very butthurt about that. Um, you know, he wasn't my first choice. I, you know, I wanted the enemy. I'm guessing that that ship has sailed, that he's either not coming to bother, he's not leaving KC, or he's got another job lined up. Uh, Munkin's a you know a good fit. He takes his roster and makes his scheme work with the players rather than trying to force players who don't fit into his scheme. Um, that year with the Browns was pretty bad, and that's fair. You know, we can point that out, but that was a lot of it was Freddie Kitchens and Baker Mayfield's fault. Um, those years with the Bucks were... You know, solid again. Bruce Arians was not there then, so you can't even, you know, like really chalk his success up to that. James Winston's blind, and Ryan Fitzpatrick was 48 years old, and he had top five offenses, both passing offenses specifically, both years. And Stetson Bennett's going to work for the IRS after this year. I mean, again, he's like 49, getting close to a government retirement check, and won back to back national championships with him. So, you know, I, in terms of the guys that we were link to that we were supposedly interviewing there really isn't a much better candidate than him so i i'm not sure why people were mad um i would like to say fuck you grant i know that it's probably not your fault and you didn't start it but this this nonsense that i keep seeing on the internet about munkin's this 97 year old man and you know, grant thinks I, that I believe, grant, grant thinks todd munkin is uh is tom moore i believe he said i believe grant's direct quote to me was that he went to middle school with uh beethoven he did say that he did say and so like again i know you didn't start it and i don't know who started it but i'm blaming you because you were the first one to say to me directly like he's not that old fuck off getting tired of this nonsense if i was at one of those carnivals where they like guess your age or guess your like weight or whatever like i would have 100 percent said he was 72 and he's like apparently 57 like my mom's 62 and she he makes her look like she's 21 so i did misjudge that so initially but initially, I like had a knee-jerk reaction because I was like, oh, fuck, another old guy in here. Because like I thought about DMPs, Mark Tressman, like those kind of just like fills. I wanted somebody like young and innovative. But then like the more that I looked into it, I ended up putting out a tweet that I was wrong because I like what he does like schematically. And I like what he does with they, – they said he's big on in-game adjustments. We've never had an in-game adjustment. Or an adjustment sure. at all. So at he's, all. the fact like, that he, he adjusts game game, is, is a great like anything. thing. Yeah. So we that's all good. like McDonald's here, right? We're all yeah, like okay, McDonald's so that was my thing. And, Absolutely. And that was, a, that was, a, that no, was no, no. the next but thing. It is who like, out, that was who a, out schemed? Who out schemed Mike McDonald in the uh, 2020 college playoffs? 
that that was Munkin. So again, that yeah, was their 2021 playoffs. But so. even like even the McDonald hire, you know, that was a nepotism hire. But he really like like from game to game got better. Like his like his like the way he called the game. He wasn't trying to – I think at first he was trying to – I think I said it before, but he was trying to kind of be like, you know, he was a, a younger guy in like a really prominent role. So I think he was trying to outsmart himself and doing all these kind of mixed coverages and just all this the, – the things that you didn't need to do. You got athletes. Like, let them play. Like, football is very complicated. You know, it's chess. But at the same time, football is also very simple because out of certain things, you can only do certain things. So, like, I mean – I'm I'm okay with the hire. You know, I was on Slowick, I was on Robinson, I was on Canales. Like those were like the ones I wanted. I wanted, but I can see where EDC probably went that way too. As in, you get a young gun that's going to be a stud. You give him a fucking Ferrari like Lamar. He goes nuclear this year, like I think he's going to. And then you lose the guy after one year. Then you're on the search again, like. I think this is a situation where it's more of a two, maybe a two to three year you know window depending on performance maybe longer because maybe Munkin's our head coach. What stop? Year. What stop is he doing after this? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so just something that Jake mentioned about um, Munkin being in Cleveland in 2019, and then and Drew, you mentioned that Freddie Kitchens was calling the plays. I heard that. Yeah. I think I saw Gab. Maybe was the one who said this. It was somebody who who is, uh, you know, plugged in. It, yeah, they're plugged in. Basically, said that when Munkin was there, they would he would game plan all week. They'd practice all week, and then Kitchens would show up and call plays they didn't practice in the games. So the, the deficiencies, the deficiencies of the team don't reflect the offensive coordinator there. It's the the head coach who made it. Did he even make it a full year? I don't know. He did, right? He made the full year. He made it exactly no. a full year. Yeah, he got fired. He got fired the day after the season ended, right? Yep, that's yeah. correct. So, um, I, I don't hold that against him. And he got uh, Baker Mayfield's best, well, you know, most production out of him. I, I think he played better at times in flashes, anyway, uh, in in pieces of other seasons. But he, he threw he for did. the most yards of his career under Todd Munkin. I think career touch, I think for touchdowns, it was the year after when Stefanski took over. I think that's when he threw his career high in tubbies. But I know he threw 3,800. It was 22, 22 and 21 interceptions. And and interceptions yeah. are, are not an offensive coordinator stat. They are a decision-making stat and, a, a you know, a bad yeah, player stat. Absolutely right. So you throw 21 interceptions. That's not on the fucking coordinator. Um, but anyway, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and talk about Todd Munkin in 2019, the whole fucking episode. I'm just saying like, if we're going to, if we're going to go through his resume that year, you're going to have to sort of cherry pick what you, what you want to know about Todd Munkin based on the 2019 offensive coordinator year also with uh, with the Browns. I was going to say Ravens fans loved the, uh, you know, 2019 was four years ago. Let it go. So <laughs> yeah, you know, that's like true. Todd Munkin, 2019 was four years ago. Let it go. There <laughs> yeah, you go. That's you guys true. lost your own fucking argument with your own yeah. words. So. And here's another point I'd like to make. Um, we have a lot of people, the, their immediate reaction is just, you know, uh, uh, if we had hired um, Jesus to be the offensive coordinator, they would be like, fuck Jesus. They, they yeah. like, no matter who it is, no matter who <laughs> we hire, whether, whether they're a boy wonder or they're a seasoned veteran or uh, whatever the case may be, I mean, it would not old. fucking matter. Would not matter. They, they would. These these they, people I'm referring to would be mad no matter what. 
And it, they'd and be talking about they all Jesus, and they would paint black and white face paint on their faces. And yes, e- even faces. yeah, even They're if cunts. the right, even if the day before they tweeted they wanted the person hired who got hired, they would find a reason to be fucking mad about it. These people are yeah. insufferable. They can't like be I said, pleased. They, I said they bitch to bitch, and then a few of them got upset that I said they bitch to bitch. But that's that's what they do. That's yeah. the only reason well, to be and, yeah, this and then, sad. All yeah, and then the goalposts are moved, and they say, uh, "Todd, the, the they their retort is that people like you and I drew as if we're we've been like you know feverishly tweeting all day about how great Todd Munkin is. Uh, that that uh, we would also tell you that." Todd Munkin's best wide receiver from Georgia is trash, which um, number one, he we is. don't say we, I, I don't say he's trash. I say, I, you know, I, I, I didn't want to draft him at 45. Exactly. He's but, a cunt. But yeah, he is a cunt. But uh, the point is w- with Nuts. Todd Munkin, Todd Munkin is a guy who's known for being able to adapt his system, his scheme to the players that he has available to him. So in in this case, if you really want to make that argument about Pickens, I think that Todd Munkin propped up Pickens. Not Pickens, Pickens didn't prop him up. Pickens was barely available in the fucking field when he was at Georgia. But when when he was, he performed well. I think that's a uh, that's more of a reflective of a great system than it is a great player, personally, because they've won two fucking uh, national championships in a row. George Pickens was not a huge part of either one. He he obviously you know he contributed mm-hmm. when he was on the field when he was there last year, but barely. they won it again this year. So, you know, I don't I don't think that's a valid argument. I that again, that's just uh cherry picked. It's, it's the cherry picking it's them cherry what? picking to defend themselves against an illogical reaction to something. See, these people are you know, seeing the writing on the wall that their days of saying stupid shit and going unchecked on the internet are numbered because all their theories for, are about to be disproven. Yeah. They they've all been blown up and again, I don't think that Todd Munkin jumps from Georgia to Baltimore unless he's got reasonable assurances that Lamar Jackson is going to be here long term. Right, you are well, not leaving yeah. two point well, definitely two. I mean, he may, he's making two point one million dollars a year at Georgia. That's a that's a job for life. You won back to back national championships. You're literally you're basically Jesus to those people down there. Um, there's you know that's that's all they go for is college football in the South and. You're not leaving that to come to Baltimore unless you're going to be coaching Lamar Jackson. There's well, no shot yeah. you're making that jump for Tyler Huntley. And and it was uh, it was reported that he uh, had an, an offer from Tampa Bay as well, and pressure yeah. from Georgia to make a decision because they wanted him back, and he turned both of them down. And Tampa, I think, is actually um, an important you know detail here that he turned them down because he wanted to come to Baltimore because he'd already been in Tampa before. So the fact that Knows he had, that team. Yeah, yeah. So he, he had the familiarity with the ownership and the front office, cause same front office as when he was there. So mm-hmm. um, I think that speaks a lot about the assurances he was given about the stability of the roster and um, that, and also he, he's not going to be in a situation like, you know, there's people questioning how much of the play calling was he doing again? Like I said, with Cleveland, he, he, he had the play calling sort of like, uh, taken out of his hands by the head coach when game day came around. And I think there was probably some of that going on in Tampa too, with, um, with Arians Arians was obviously uh, an offensive guy and um, he was involved heavily because we saw the, the, there was a bit of a rift with him and, and Brady that forced him out this year. So um, I, you know, I, I think the, the opportunity for, for Munkin to come here to, 
to coach Lamar, to coach this roster. Obviously, they already said they're gonna they're gonna overhaul the, the wide receiver group. He has an elite tight end. He has two tight ends behind him who are obviously gonna be very useful as well. Um very promising one on the field. Right. Uh Bateman Defensive player of the year, Patrick Ricard. No, um... <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh great a good offensive line. Um, so, I mean, and and obviously the running backs are good. So I think it's just they said it was like the most coveted, uh, the most coveted offensive coordinator position. In, but in see, field. people, the, these the, these individuals do not want to hear that because and I'm not guaranteeing Lamar Jackson size of extension. I'm ninety nine point nine 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 percent sure I'm a weird chicken happen. But, you know, you're you're on the cusp here of Lamar is going to sign a long term deal. The Ravens are going to acquire Mike Evans and these people who have spent you know, two full seasons bitching about 2020, 2021, no getting, you know, you didn't get a wide receiver. You didn't do this. You let Greg Roman go. Like you didn't sign Lamar. These people are going to look really fucking stupid in a couple of weeks and you can see them panicking. And so they start doing the subtweeting nonsense. They start crying about, you know, certain terminology being used, like saying that you're bitching to bitch is offensive. Now <laughs> uh, uh, they throw out the, you're racist nonsense. Like it's just, it's it's the same shit from the same group of people. And like, I'm sorry, but if you're going to sit here and cry for two years straight and say that this guy's never, you know, EDC is never going to do this and he does it. I'm going to tell you to go fuck yourself. Right. Agreed. Grant, it seems cry like you've been, to, you've, been face. Wa- you've been wanting to jump in here. No, I mean, like it's gotta be, we gotta get either Mike Evans or D hop. They have to make a move. I'm or Keenan Allen or Keenan Allen. Or, I, I, I see it's another injury guy. Like I, I'm, I don't want, I, I, mean, I, know, I know, I know D hop got hurt. Fake I know D hop stealing injury stuff, but ideally, especially with Munkin in here, like Mike Evans is the guy now, I I would think because I guess, I before think so, this uh, year, the connection before and everything. This year, Keenan Allen was pretty healthy. Like early on, with the Chargers, he would consistently get hurt and not make the entire season. But then, like from 2017 to what? Like he's right missed, before I this think season, he's missed. He, I think he's missed ten games in the last two years. And but, yeah, or sorry, and most of that came from this year. Yeah, and yeah. Theor- I mean, and, and most and of those theor- came from this season. And theoretically, I mean, Chargers are going to cut him. So I mean, you could ideally with if we sign Lamar to an extension with the cap savings and then with whatever cuts else we make, you know, Boyle and crew, like you, you got enough. I mean, you could technically trade for a Mike Evans and sign Keenan Allen. On, that's I mean, true. That's true. If they, yeah, if they wanted so, I mean, to use that first, possible. Yeah. if they wanted to use the first round pick on like someone like uh, Joey Porter jr, if they wanted to go defense with that, yeah. that number 22 pick, which I wouldn't hate. It depends on the wide receiver that's available, but yeah, if Zay flowers is there. They better jump. Well, I, I, I'm only said, okay with that if they if they have already acquired a number one receiver because we can't bring in a 5'10", 175, 180 guy to be wide receiver one again because, th- you know, that's just like that is not learning from your mistakes. And he, and he needs to develop more, obviously. he You know, a guy playing at that size needs to get some, some experience in the NFL before you start to lean on him as your guy. And it's not even him it, – I was gonna say, it's not even that like, you know, maybe he does have to develop more. Maybe he does. Maybe he comes out and he fucking lights the world on fire. But if you're depending on a 5'10", 175 pound guy to come out and ball out and be your wide receiver one. And when you have the opportunity to go get a DeAndre Hopkins, a Mike Evans, a Keenan Allen, a Michael Thomas. I mean, there's going to be guys changing teams this year that we probably aren't even naming yet that we aren't even thinking of being available. Like yeah. we've already tried that. You you don't trust the rookies anymore. Like we're we're past that point. We're we're you know put up or shut up time. 
And yep. that's why that's why I think this is the year though that the Ravens finally do something like that and like make a big time trade for a big time player, not at the end of their career, but like a legit like threat right now. Yeah. Yeah, that is the I other thing. People talking like, about yeah. Evan or uh, about Evans and for some reason I I see it like going two different ways with, with Hopkins, but Hopkins and Evans and Allen are all the same age, aren't they? They're all thirty. And I thought Mike Evans Hopkins is going to be 30 in August. He's 29 right now. But they're all going to be – it's their age 30 season coming up. I'm pretty sure all three I of them. I think Hopkins turns 31 think, before they are. Okay. Think, they're all around the same yeah, age. And, close, and, yeah. and and wide receivers aren't falling off a cliff at age 30, especially not you know top-end wide receivers. Those guys – all those guys are guys who are going to play well into their 30s. Obviously, maybe their, their skill set is going to, uh, you know – regress a little bit they're going to lose a little bit of something but like they're still going to be even 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 a lesser version of deandre hopkins is better than almost every other wide receiver yeah they're all similar in the fact that they're big guys that kind of use their body to make contested catches so they're none of them are really relying on speed most of them are relying on size and hands and those aren't going to go away it's technique with them yeah it's technique right like Tyreek Hill loses a step, maybe he's not the same wide receiver. Mike Evans loses a step, he's still, you know, like a 11 through 20 wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah, well, Mike Evans is a physical nuts. wide receiver. He, Mike Evans is not a, is, is not burning anyone. Uh, yeah. You know, that's never really been how he plays. It's just so. Yeah, he's just he's he's a you know a physical you know physically getting the ball and putting himself between you know the the corner and the ball, and make sure nobody else catches catch catch radius. That's right. What, that's what that that epitomes Baltimore too. Like I mean, like the Anquan Bolden's, like your big physical, mm-hmm. like fifty fifty ball guys. It's been a long time since we had some. I mean, Steve Smith, but somebody that would make a tough contested catch or be like kind of like of a, I don't want to say like a bully mindset, but more of an aggressive mindset with right. going up and getting the football. And like those, all three of those guys do that. And I mean, Keenan yeah. Allen's still one of the best route runners in the NFL. So, I mean, he gained separation on his route. So, I mean, you know, you got him that he does that. And then you got D hop and Mike Evans that can, you know, just kind of put yeah. you on the highlight. So, for yeah. Uh, Keenan Allen this season, I looked at his stats and he played in 10 games. One of the games should, I'm not even going to count it. Cause it, he, I think he played like, seven snaps like, he had like two catches for 11 yards but every other i think his average in, in the other nine games was like close to eight catches and 85 yards or something like that and he had uh he only had four touchdowns this year but um i think that was also you know uh what's his name um mike williams was was typically on the field when he was on the field and um he was the red zone threat too josh yeah, he, palmer he went had, off he went off this year mike yeah and, and palmer definitely took a step forward this year. I think that's why probably they're comfortable with moving on from Allen. But um I mean Keenan I'd Allen is still what's that? I'd happily take him like no no questions asked. Keenan and, Allen or, or and, Josh Palmer. Yeah. Keenan Allen. Yeah, get, yeah, get yeah. There. I think he again he's a guy like you think about these DeAndre Hopkins I would love to have. I I never like think of him as a Raven for just because we've never had anyone like him before, so I just can't like see it. I mean, I would love it, but I it's just nothing that we've ever seen before. But but Mike Evans and Keenan Allen to me are guys that they, they are better than any wide receiver we've ever, ever had. Also, but they seem like better fits as Ravens to me than Hopkins. More realistic as well. I, I'd be thrilled with any of them, but I think Evans and and Allen are are more. Uh, suited to what we do uh historically anyway maybe it's gonna be different with monk and i don't know yeah and i mean and hopkins has never really been on a good team either 
So, you know, maybe he comes to Baltimore and is more willing to block and is more willing to, you know, do the kind of stuff that we don't expect him to do. Because, again, do you really want to block when you're playing for the Texans or you have a right. fucking midget running around on the pocket? Yeah, and and to play <laughs> and to play when he's when he's a little sore as opposed to, yeah. you know, there's, there's been, I think, times when he sat out when maybe if well, the team were more competitive or he was happier with his situation, he maybe would have played through it. I don't know. It's it's hard to get up for a week fifteen game when you know you're three and eleven and you're not going to make the playoffs. Right. Yeah. I, I, I can't really hold that against him. Like I understand it. Yeah. So I know I know Grant's waiting to pounce on me for a Mike Evans take. So I think we should uh, give him the floor here. No, you're good. No, you're good. Well, okay. I mean, so whole, here's the whole. The whole I, 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 I snuck. I snuck it. I snuck it in and Will didn't. Yeah. Will, yeah. Will missed it, but he's no, saying, I heard it. I heard it, yeah, but I, I tried like, to talk over it. Oh man, he's it's the, crazy. He's the, Kirk, he's the Kirk Cousins of wide receivers. Okay, well, here's the deal. If we <laughs> so after all your Mike Evans slander, if we end up acquiring Mike Evans, you're you are required to buy a Mike Evans jersey and wear That's it fine. F- for right. week one. Yes. I'll go 50-50 so we'll with you. Or you could buy me a black one and I'll buy a purple one and Will can buy me a white one. And then I'll just I gotta buy you a jersey thing. now. Fuck you. you. Just cause you said stupid right. shit, I gotta buy you something. <laughs> How is it stupid shit? I've statistically proven beyond a reasonable doubt that he is the Kirk Cousins of wide receivers. No. It's not my fault that you think poorly of Kirk Cousins. That's no. really that's really the issue. That's a you problem, not a me all problem. All right. So let's just uh is it unanimous on the on the <laughs> podcast that we are all happy with the Todd Munkin uh OC hiring? Yes. Yes. Yes, yes absolutely. I mean and, and it's very simple. I think it's it's important for people to keep in mind. We hired the guy today. He hasn't been to work for a full day yet. We ha- he hasn't been in the building with players yet. So like everybody rushing, actually, to, rushing to judgment and asking these like hypothetical questions about like basically assuming his failure and how it's a bad hire and all this shit. Like, I mean, but see, I, what, I what's get, the point? Like if uh, truly we, we get, we get annoyed people who are like, go be a fan of a different team for real though. If okay. Every, every fucking person, every Ravens fan wanted Greg Roman gone. Every single one he's gone. We have gone outside the box. We didn't hire somebody from fucking Michigan. We didn't hire an old drinking buddy, uh, you know, from, from back in the day of, of, uh, of, of the, the elder Harbaugh. We didn't like, you know, we, we didn't hire, we didn't hire anyone that worked with from Philly. Right. Exactly. Didn't we didn't hire anybody from the tree, any of that. So like this, is, we went outside the box. They said they were going to cast a wide net that they interviewed what they interviewed, 12 people, 13 people, something like that. Maybe even more. 21. They interviewed yeah, so many fucking people and the, and they settled on the guy that they wanted. And they settled on a guy who has a track record of, uh, you know, of successful pass game coordinate coordination in the NFL, which is, the point of emphasis for the offense, obviously we already know we can run the ball. So I, I just, I'm, I'm struggling to understand the, the logic behind lashing out and being mad about it. So I get grants, I get grants knee jerk reaction to it of being like, this is not, you know, I was expecting Eric Bieniemy. Like that was just me, you know, reading, reading the tea leaves and reading the room that they were waiting until after the Super Bowl to make this hire. Like I thought it was going to be Johnson or Bianami just because that that's made sense for them waiting that long. So your knee jerk reaction of this is not the guy I thought it was going to be and being uh, angry is the right word or whatever, however you want to classify what Grant was, you know, thinking that he's, you know, Skeletor or Crypt Keeper over there. <laughs> and and I, I do like, apologize. I do apologize <laughs> for thinking that he ages like Benjamin Button. Yeah, which is fine. But again, then you went and looked and thought about it and you're like, yeah, you know what? This is not a bad hire. 
And it just seems like a lot of our fans do not have that second layer to their takes of that they get mad and then they just double down and say dumber shit. And then they back themselves in the corners and then they get mad when you respond and tell them that they're stupid. They, they tell you that, um, you know, it's disrespectful and rude to tell somebody that they're stupid. Meanwhile, that's what their whole existence is, is telling right. other people well, that they're smart enough. Yeah, you know what I find interesting? The Those same people uh, like to lecture us that we're like rooting for uh, like um, when we're like, why – the bottom line with George Pickens is he plays for the Steelers. So why the fuck are you going to root for somebody who plays for the Steelers? Right. Yeah. And we're yeah. right. So we're like, fuck <laughs> him. I want him to fail. And they're like, Oh, well I just appreciate, uh, I just appreciate watching good players. I'm not, and I'm not talking about you, Grant right now. I know you've said this, but I'm actually not talking about you, but like, um, <laughs> I, I, don't, had a great- I don't understand why the same grace isn't extended to somebody hired to make the Ravens better. You want to root for a fucking guy who plays for a division rival, but you want to root against a guy we just hired to make our offense better. To be fair, I'm, I do like him as a player, but I only root for him to be right. Yeah, I especially, yeah, especially, yeah, especially I understand to that. you all. Yeah. You have ulterior motives. That's fine. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I again and again, again I'm not talking. I'm not talking about you. I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about you. You know, I will never say Sauce, Sauce Gardner is good simply because that would mean that I was admitting I was wrong to you. <laughs> Which yeah. is one of the great, like, you have to, you have to be committed to, like, one of the dumbest fucking arguments ever now. That's funny. I'm gonna, That's I'm gonna, worse I'm gonna, than mine. That's worse I'm, than the pick is Sauce Gardner is arguably the best cornerback in the NFL. First team all pro. I'm going to stick with that take until the day he retires simply because I will not be wrong to Grant. He's gonna be. He's so good that they're gonna be like, he doesn't have to wait five years. You're in. You're in right away. (laughs) He could be a first team All Pro from now until the day that he retires. (laughs) He could break every interception record. He could never allow a touchdown for the rest of his career. And I will never admit that that guy is good simply because I picked that hill to die on against Grant, and I will not give up that. (laughs) Drew thinks that Drew thinks it's also BCB four on the Ravens behind (laughs) Chris Westry. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I take Wester over yeah. Sauce Gardner. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, again, he I, I'm did least, actually allow one touchdown this year. Yeah, which is terrible. Like, what a fucking loser! Pride himself on not giving up a touchdown, and then he gave one up. So, one in like five good. years is pretty impressive. DJ Reed is better than him for being honest. Here. <laughs> that hill <laughs> is oh, steep. The, the hardware says otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> His, yeah. coach didn't, his coach didn't trust him guarding number one wide receivers. That says all that I need to know about the guy. Also, he's on Twitter begging for rookie of the year votes. I feel like there might have been some uh, ballot box stuffing going on he's, there. Listen, he's a he's, he's a marketing machine. Yeah, I mean, election, you know, hotly contested he's, elections have been a uh, a thing in American culture for a couple of years now. I feel like maybe he <laughs> took a page out of the Biden playbook and maybe stole an election. I don't know. He's got his own I have, I haven't seen the ballots. Yeah, I haven't. And Buffalo Wild Wings is worse than Hooters. So <laughs> I didn't say it was good, but he's got his own sauce there. Actually, yeah. did just go there tonight, man. There, there was like, actually Nick no Adams tweeted about wings. that earlier. There's yeah, no meat Hooters. on the wings. Yeah, Hooters is ten times better. I mean, again, so like Sauce Gardner is a representative of the second best wing place. He's the second best cornerback on his own team. It's just you know a lot of number twos in his life. So, but it's genius because they market sauces. And he's got his sauce. is called the sauce sauce. His name's a mod. I think it's disrespectful. To he, not call no, him he has person. earned. He's earned. He has fucking, earned it. He's earned the nickname and the chain. Now he's got a fucking. He he's got. He's got the hardware. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Yes. 
You you said he he can't have the chain because he hasn't done anything. He has now accomplished everything yeah. you possibly can as a rookie. Yeah, how many games every they piece of award he could what? Got. How many games they won? <laughs> he's a corner. Actually, <laughs> left on corner. I mean, Deion Sanders has Super Bowls. Why doesn't Sus Gardner? Deion Sanders played for eight teams. Had, yeah, he also he's a mercenary. His career. Dean went shit in that I'm just I'm just asking the questions that everybody's afraid to ask. Her, so. Came ring chasing in Baltimore too. Yeah, yeah, yep. and we yeah. never we never signed we never signed a mod because we just we don't want that kind of trash here. Uh, I saw I saw um, a jersey swap of Ahmad in a in a Ravens all black uniform earlier. I was about to send yeah. that to you. Um, that was fucking spammed all over my timeline for months before the draft of people saying <laughs> that they wanted. It's a thing. Of, it's a thing of art. It is beautiful. It it's gonna be great. Cool. It's gonna be great when uh. Well, when we, I mean, we I've been told. Six. I've been told that you, you know, King Purple Patrol Panderer is a big fan <laughs> of uh, hyping up mediocrity, so it makes sense that you're hyping up Sauce Gardner <laughs> in uh, in a Ravens jersey. Yeah, you know me, big Purple Patrol guy. Like, what <laughs> the fuck was that? Yeah, I'm pretty uh, sure yeah. you just. I'm pretty sure you just wake up and you're like, "What would the Purple Patrol retweet if I tweeted?" And that's that's your motivation every yep, month. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, I'm a do. Do- I'm a doomer because I called the dude old. <laughs> Well, uh, during the Super Bowl, uh, wow. I found myself in a in a, a foxhole by myself. I didn't have my 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 sidekick over here, who who we fight many battles together. He's too busy spending time with people in real life during the Super Bowl. <laughs> Quite wasn't, there, wasn't there to fight the battle with me. Got into a little quote t- quote tweet battle with a, a Legion of Gloom uh, person. Enthusiast. Yes, uh, because I said. What was the tweet? It was like uh, Legion of can Gloom. We watch, can, Legion can of Gloom. Watch? watch a football game uh, without tweeting about the other team's wide receivers and how they should be a Raven challenge. Impossible. Which is an accurate tweet, and I know. And Grant took personal exception to it, but it's it gets really fucking old. I do get it more like during the regular season when we're still playing, and you know we played at one o'clock and our wide receivers didn't do shit and then you turn on the four o'clock game and george pickens makes a great catch or something but like all right we're out of the fucking playoffs already it's the super bowl the two one seeds made the game and if we really want to get into it the fucking chiefs won and the chiefs basically took the same approach to roster building that we did except they just did a better job of it they just they hit on the guys that they got they got rid of a legit wide receiver one and they replaced him with a bunch of guys and they just use the guys better than we use our guys. That's how they won. And on the other side of things, Philly lost the game and they drafted the Heisman trophy winner at, I think number six overall. Wasn't he, yeah. that's, wasn't that where they got it? It was the, number 12, I believe. They okay. got taken. Oh yeah. They traded, they traded down. They had six and then moved. Oh down yeah. They 12. traded it to Miami. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, or maybe to new Orleans, wh- whoever it was, but uh, so they took, um, Devonte Smith, and they traded for AJ Brown, who they then gave a hundred million dollar contract to, and they lost. So, yeah. y- okay, you want to fucking covet the wide receivers all game long, and then the team that's using fucking Sky Moore to take the lead, uh, who that who nobody wanted it in in Baltimore, we could have had him, we didn't take him. Uh, and and who scored the other one? It was the same play I mean, twice. 
It was Kadarius Tony. 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 It was Tony, Tony, baby. Tony, right? Who's who? Who was a cast off? Who was a a a complete miss as a first round pick? You're I'm not nuts. saying he's a bad player. Not a bad player, but sure, he sure as fuck shouldn't have been Total drafted number 20, 20 overall. He's gonna go off next year. I, he's I good. To, he is good. I had to text Grant and apologize for Kadarius Tony. He is so. good. He is good. He obviously, but like drafting him number twenty overall to the Giants was stupid. I didn't think he was going to go that early. No, it was and a bad I, pick. I liked him. It was a bad pick. He's not a bad player. It was just he was overdrafted. So they they cobbled together this group of wide receivers who just happened to, like, they know how to use them. So, so uh, again, like, you know, hopefully we have that now, too. And I, I'm not saying, again, that's not me saying we don't need to or we shouldn't address the wide receivers. We're going to do that, and we need to do that. But to to say that we have to go get, like, you know, we have to have a Tyreek Hill on our team, or we have to have we have to have DeAndre Hopkins, or we have to have uh, AJ Brown, or we have to have Debo Samuel, or whoever it may, whoever the case may be. Um, I don't know that that is necessarily the case because Kansas City just showed us if you have the right plays and you have the right scheme and you have the right guys to call the plays in the right situations, you can make a roster that's more. Uh, it, it's more guys carrying the load, and you're not relying so heavily on someone like an AJ Brown. Um, I mean that works too. So uh, I don't think that like there there's that stat that like uh, it was like the first time ever that or I don't know how how long this goes back, but that a top five quarterback contract won the Super Bowl. Show me where yeah. and you know who made this point to me and it's a valid point. Uh, our our friend Mo Stone, um, James Prochet's uncle, said the teams that go get the the you know the elite wide receiver. W- when have they ever won the Super Bowl? Never. I mean, we went out and got his elite receiver nephew, and we haven't won shit since. So. <laughs> yeah, well, I said the. Mo- oh. I, I mean, honestly, the the only example I can think of where they went out and they they got a guy like that is last year the Rams got Odell, but I don't think he was he wasn't wide receiver one, and he no. was coming. You know, he what if they had done that like three years before? Then we're talking like that would make sense, but you know, it was the only example I could think of where a, a big name wide receiver changed teams. Uh, and then the team went and won the, the Super Bowl, and he caught a super, he caught a touchdown in the Super Bowl, so he contributed to the win. But yeah. Odell wasn't like it wasn't like they leaned on him in the game. He tore his ACL in like the first quarter. Yeah. So and, and I and I'm with that because it, and also with like some of those big name players that went somewhere and the team didn't necessarily you know elevate too much or whatever or get where they wanted to be. A lot of that though is schematically. Like, yep. you know, players are taking money to go somewhere. It doesn't necessarily it's it hasn't always been a fit. Um but I I made a post about that as far as when AJ Brown made a couple of plays in a sense of not saying, oh man, we should have got AJ Brown. Would I've liked him? Absolutely. He's a fucking stud. But like my argument is is look what a big time receiver can do not saying go get the best receiver in the NFL, but you know, one of those top 10 guys and like what kind of impact they have on your game and the way they can elevate a quarterback. Cause if Lamar does what Lamar does with what he has, if you even get him somebody that can gain a little separation, maybe catch the catch a ball and go 50 yards, which Bateman has shown he can do, but he doesn't, he's not on the field. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, but my argument was, is, is, the impact that a big guy can have like that give up yeah there's an 11 there's an 11 
I don't disagree with that. I don't, I don't disagree with that. That's that's what my tweet was about. I didn't you, see your tweet. I honestly, uh, I did not. See, I, and when I tweeted that, I honestly hadn't seen anyone tweet anything about wide receivers. I just assumed they were. And within seconds, people were getting so defensive about it. I knew that they had been tweeting about the fucking wide receivers. It was more just like I was watching it and I was thinking in my head like, I know that there's going to be fucking people talking about the wide receivers. When I, I think I tweeted that right after A.J. Brown caught the touchdown. Yeah. Because I was like, the people now are going to, Ravens fans are going to like trip over themselves to go tweet about how the Ravens should have traded for A.J. Brown as if the Titans were going to fucking trade A.J. Brown to us. No, that would never happen. And he immediately signed a $100 million contract. We weren't going to give any wide receiver $100 million either. So, um, you know, these these, uh, delusions of grandeur that these people have just annoy me. Where it's like, why don't we do that? Well, I mean, for one thing, what if we did do that? Do you think that fucking AJ Brown has the same impact in Greg Roman's offense that he did in Philly this year? No, of course not. Uh, well, AJ Brown might be one of the few that I would say would. I don't. It's just the scheme, though. Like we saw how Greg Roman schemes the passing offense. He doesn't know how to fucking space. So, okay, but he had multiple thousand yard wide receivers. I mean, he he's had multiple thousand yard wide receivers on his teams. I well, think yeah, Crabtree no, no. got one, Bolden uh, got one. I Watkins mean, I, okay, but I'm saying impact-wise, the way that he calls plays, the way that he was calling plays for the past two years, I don't think a big, uh, you know, a big splash wide receiver acquisition would have made a difference. Just like, uh, you know, when people talking about with, um, with the Lamar contract, it's like, uh, well, if we had extended him, then this would we could have gotten this person that person like number 1 Lamar still would have been fucking hurt we have to assume everything all things being equal a contract doesn't prevent him from getting hurt so we probably wouldn't have had him still at the end of the season and the big difference the past 2 years in how the season ended is that Lamar Jackson wasn't on the fucking field like Tyler Huntley and yeah. Lamar Jackson we we've seen how how vast the difference is between the two so uh, you know i'm kind of glad we didn't make all these like big moves to try and win it all with the way that things have worked out with Lamar because they would have been wasted because it would have been Tyler Huntley throwing the ball to those guys. The argument for getting a big time wide receiver is that when we look at the crucial third down drops and shit like that, that's killed us for years. Um, You know, Greg Roman's play calling is atrocious, but if you have somebody who catches that second down pass, maybe you're not calling that shitty third down play. But it's it's crazy fantasy land talk because there's no way of, you know, proving that that would happen. I just think that on paper, if you add an A.J. Brown to this team, maybe you're not in these third and seven situations where you're maybe. throwing, uh, you know, something to James Prochet and he's dropping it. Like right. maybe and, that doesn't yeah. happen. Well, and, and, and to, uh, I don't even know why this needs to be said, but this is not me saying I'm glad that we that A.J. Brown is a Raven. I wish he was. But I think it's fucking like lunacy. And I don't know, like I even asked the question of the, the guy, like, why do you even watch fucking football, dude? If all you're doing when you watch the Super Bowl, when our team came nowhere close to getting into it, it's not like we have like some like, you know, axe to grind with the teams that are in the fucking game. We had had no, we didn't deserve to be in that game. You're watching the game and all you can think about is how AJ Brown, it, like, uh, oh man, Look what look where the Ravens would be if they had AJ Brown. The Ravens would be in the same you're, fucking place they they are if they had AJ yeah. Brown because it still would have been fucking Tyler Huntley throwing the ball to him. You you were accused of pandering to the purple patrol, but those kind of tweets that are bitching about wide receivers and making everything about something negative the Ravens did 
are pandering to the other side of the aisle there. Yeah, so and I'm not pandering to the perp patrol. I'm uh, I'm poking the bear. That's all I'm doing. Yeah. I, I'm looking to get a reaction out of everybody who sees that and reacts to it is just telling me, yeah, I was just doing exactly what you're saying. And there were even people who said like, hand up, I'm guilty of that. And like, they laughed at it because it's like, it's a funny observation, especially if yeah. like, you didn't even think about it and you're like, damn, I'm doing that right now. Like, look at me. If, this is a, this really, is a valid you, tweet. This is a valid observation you, of what's happening. If you read a criticism on Twitter of a take that you've had and your first reaction is to get upset by it, then maybe giving opinions is not for you. Well, and like when if you read it and you think I'm tweeting about you and you look underneath and there's like eight other people who are reacting, thinking I'm tweeting about them, then maybe there's some validity what, to what I'm saying. I'm, you know, I'm making an observation about a group of, uh, you know, like-minded individuals and all those people are getting mad about it. You don't like he, strike me as somebody who's afraid to at somebody if you're tweeting about them specifically. Right. So. If it was, if I yeah. just wanted to call out one person, I'd call them out. But uh, it's, you know, other, it's, si- it's, other it's, side of the coin is not a fan of adding people because, you know, God forbid you, um, if somebody responds to you, it, it, it turns into a mess. <laughs> it, it, wouldn't it, gets want inter- that. It, it gets interesting. You know, you, you can't, you can't reply to people on the timeline. That's a, that's an issue. So definitely interesting. Uh, yep. Yeah. Gets, gets real, gets real interesting. So you have to passively, aggressively, you know, say, um, make accusations about people and things like that. But yeah, yep, yeah. So uh, I want to, I want to make it very clear. And Drew and I've said this so many times. It's, I think we were involved in the original conversation that like uh, created these groups, the Purple Patrol and the Legion of Gloom. And it was like, identify yourself. Which side are you on? And Drew and I were both like, we're not on either side of this. And it was like offensive to me that they even like made up nicknames like that like that's makes my fucking skin crawl that it's funny to me it's funny to me that you could pick about 10 people out of both sides of those groups that absolutely hate me for no right yeah exactly yeah if you ever wanted to unify them it could be just uh fuck drew and you'd probably get both sides to agree on something right yeah we and we both were immediate and clear with our response that we were people in the middle who are called intelligent individuals who have some beliefs from each side. And then most of our beliefs are just, you know, logical, rational rational thoughts that we make when we, when we, uh, you know, observe what's happening. But uh, the the interesting thing about that tweet was that one side was painted in a uh, negative light on history. They were equated to um, people who were. No, 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 no. That I know which one you're talking about. I know exactly which tweet you're talking about. That was later. That was talking about like a, a civil war. Yeah. No, but uh, I'm saying that, that's, that's how the argument started, too, was that the Purple Patrol was deemed bad and they were, yeah, yeah. Uh, but when, when, you know, when, fascist, I believe. But I think this was like, it was last off season. I don't know if it was pre-draft <laughs> or not. What's that? Yeah, that's, 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 that's what that's It was like that, Union and Confederates, yeah. Um, <laughs> but the the original, like, when Raven's Twitter was like, you know, separated into two two distinct groups. I think it was like last April or May. I feel like that was when that happened. And it was like, uh, you know, and people were coming up with names for it. And that's when the Legion of Gloom, because Purple Patrol was something that I believe came out of uh, a group of people that we don't like very much. Uh, so Purple Patrol was a term used to describe a certain um, chicken enthusiast that we like to make fun of. And he was coined the leader of the Purple Patrol. And then they leaned into that and started calling themselves Purple Patrol and being like, haha, like you didn't piss us off. And so then the other side was into this rush to uh, come up with their nickname. 
that was the uh that was the space era of twitter that was um there were weird times you know again you know you get some uh some strange people who spend eight hours a day talking to strangers on twitter it's, they uh, get ri- they get rich doing it though yeah, no, um, I don't think that this person gets rich doing it because um, otherwise she wouldn't be quoting fake sources and trying to get, you know, attention. 100,000 square foot house, 28 bedrooms. <laughs> yeah, 28 bedrooms, seven acres, fucking bigger house than Joe Mixon and doesn't point guns at women as far as we know. Uh, so yeah, what else fucking, do we have? What, 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 what else do we have for this this uh, past week? Well, so I'm, I'm reading back on my tweet about when they hired Monken, and I said we went from McDonald's deliveries in the press box to Jello and Depends. You, you definitely, you definitely were the person who started this fucking. I leaned in. Slander. I leaned all the way in. You must have seen like a horrendous picture. I, I don't know. I don't know what because you tweeted that and then you were going off in our group chat about you know you fucking went to school with Beethoven and blah blah and I'm like he's not that old like I, I just knew he wasn't that old and like cool I was like he's 57 like the fuck are we talking about here and you're like no he's fucking old and I'm like he's not though he's 57 I don't know if you saw like maybe some like Georgia alumni in the box or some shit like that and thought it was him oh, the whole time I, I have no idea but something something went wrong in your um, age analysis there and I'm not sure. Well, That's I mean, listen, I listen, football coaches look the same from like age 40, like late 40s until they're like 70. They basically look exactly the same. So, you know, Harbaugh ages pretty well. He does. But like Greg Roman, the fact that remember, he, he he's 48. Wouldn't you think it he's was on 60? This pod- it was on this podcast that I discovered that he was 48 years old and was stunned by that. Yeah. And yeah, and and so when he was the the offensive coordinator in in, uh, in San Francisco, he was thirty eight years old. I mean, when he was at fucking Stanford, and you, if you told me he was forty five, then I would have been like, yeah, he looks it, you know. Like the whole boy wonder thing, like it feels like it's a it's a, a new phenomenon. But like he had, we had a thirty eight year old guy calling plays for the the 49ers and like in the pretty, pretty cutting edge shit in the Super Bowl a decade ago. He was boy yeah. wonder. He's the original. Yeah, well, that's how I feel about Munkin. Like, I mean, I just apparently thought he was ninety four, and you know, he's fifty seven. Yeah, but just, you know, I was wrong. It's it's rare that somebody says something on the internet that I'm like, what? Like, where the fuck did this come from? That was you. You're like, he's a, he's a fucking old white guy. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, here we go, hiring another Harbaugh. By the way, I said, remember, I said earlier that that Grant thought that uh that Todd Munkin was Tom Moore. Tom Moore is I'm not exaggerating, eighty five years old, and he just got re upped. I think with the Panthers, either the he's Panthers the, or the Falcons. I think he's with the Bucks. He's back with the Bucks. Oh, is it the Bucks? Okay, it's a yeah. okay. So I, I'm in. I'm in the right conference at least. But yeah, well, he might. Yeah. Well, he might have gone. Eighty-five years old. He's one of those guys where the day he retires, you got to start keeping an eye on him. He's going to die within a month. Yeah, I mean Tommy Lasorda. You know, same same thing. Bear Bryant, uh, yeah. Joe Paterno. On, I, Joe Paterno's another keep- one. You have to keep an eye on him, like I keep an eye on Ron Paul, since he had a stroke on his show, and he's like about the same age. Here we go, Jake, just going <laughs> off on a tangent. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just saying. Jake's going to start talking about age, end the Fed now. Tom Moore is a good coach, that's, though. That's right. That. That's right. Oh, wait. Tom, Tom Moore is a good coach at 85, but Todd Munkin's yeah. an old man that can't coach at 57. He needs dependent well, jello. He's he's 94. <laughs> well, and Tom Moore. You know, has been uh, yeah, Jello depends, man. But Tom Moore's eighty-five, but he's been involved in a lot of uh, you know very successful offenses 
nope, not good. Like, you, you, the last you can't. 60 years. <laughs> nope, you, you can't. You can't been have a multiple fucking jobs. NFL coach for 60 years. Yeah, you can't have multiple jobs in the NFL. The only good coordinators have had one job, and then they go from that one job to an offensive corner. Those are the young up-and-comers that you want to hire. I not, think actually I any. made this point last year, Drew, with uh, with Tom Moore. He was like my like like he was the the ultimate evidence with Eric Bieniemy, where he keeps getting turned down for head coaching jobs. Some guys are just meant to be coordinators or position coaches, and Tom Moore is the ultimate example. The guy's been fucking like you want to talk about uh, went to to uh, fifth grade with Beethoven. Tom Moore was alive d- like uh, during the Civil War, and he is yeah. still a fucking NFL coach. So. He remembers the Emancipation Proclamation being delivered live. Yeah. He was there. He was I, there. I would, speaking of Eric Bannemi, I would love for some point to him, him to speak candidly about why he doesn't get jobs because it is, it is mind blowing to me that, and I know we've heard, you know, all the stories about how he's a terrible interview and, you know, maybe his meetings aren't all that. Uh, Apparently players don't like him. He's, he rubs players and the wrong players, way. Yeah, and players don't like him. He, he's a bit of a hard ass. I remember when he was on um, Hard Knocks with the Vikings, he was, a, he was a dick to Adrian Peterson a lot of the time. And, like, I've seen a lot of clips. Surprised Adrian Peterson didn't fucking beat his ass. Oh, he was a rookie then. So, and he hadn't, uh, yeah. he hadn't mastered the skill of beating people up with a stick yet. He, he hadn't practiced on the sun. So, um, <laughs> you know, that was fucking horrible. But that, was, that, was a, that was a Jake comment right there. But um, I, I'm, sorry, it was. It just, yeah. I would love to know what he thinks goes wrong in those situations, because to me, I look at him and I'm like, this is a guy who's been linked to, you know, basically a dynasty of the last, you know, five years, and like the guy who's kind of like the face of the new NFL, this you know, pass heavy star quarterback thing, and so like, why has nobody taken a leap on him? And I would love to hear his side of it because there are rumors as to why on the internet and there are narratives as to why on the internet but like do those match up with reality is he well, turning down may, jobs? maybe what uh maybe what dave said last week or maybe it was two weeks ago whenever i think it was last week when he said it, um, it was last week yes yeah i mean maybe his uh you know his sorted past is the issue with him getting a head yeah. coaching job too i'm just uh, I, it, it always you know again like the internet will run wild with a side of the story and i wonder if that side of the story is accurate or if there is more to it that we will never know until he steps away from football. Right. It just it just always seems that there's guys who the internet thinks should have better jobs than they do and they never have them and it's always there's always more to that story that we don't know. Did you see the comment that uh that Andy Reid made today that he hopes uh, um the enemy goes somewhere and like calls he, his own shit. He can right? run it, he can run the thing or whatever. And it's like, yeah, I did see that, that right there basically confirms everything that people have been saying that in Kansas City, Eric Bieniemy is not calling the plays. He's not running the offense. He's so he's credited with the game planning like he's a fucking he's an excellent game planner. So all the the way that they were able to beat the uh, the Eagles on that, that man that, coverage. The, yeah. So the way that, that they schemed it up in their preparation is, you know, they're crediting with winning that game. And but like what Andy Reid said is 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 just confirming what people are theorizing or, you know, I, I guess maybe it's not more than a theory. People know it or it's common knowledge that he does. He's not in charge of calling those plays during the game. Well, and so my thing is that if you're hiring, a, you know, a quarterback coach, wide receiver coach, you know, one of these positional guys and you're elevating them to an offensive coordinator, that's their first time calling plays, too. So 
you're taking a leap. You, you always take a leap of faith with somebody at some point. Yeah, no, no. I'm not saying that to say that Eric Bieniemy isn't capable of calling plays. I'm saying no, that but- to mean I, I would understand why he would make a lateral move, what would be considered a lateral, lateral move in title anyway. And, uh, and the fact that Andy Reid's saying it the way he just said it is, mm-hmm. and I don't think there are any head coaching positions open anymore. Right. So no. it would only be to go for an offensive coordinator position. So I think, but I think him saying that that's not like an off the cuff remark. I think it, like Andy Reid's basically saying like, he expects him if he leaves to go take an offensive coordinator position somewhere else. Well, so, so how much longer does Andy Reid have? Do you think he's waiting there? That's that's the other thing too is that I wonder what is and what's truly interesting to me. I'm not saying that to be a dick and make fun of people. Is why didn't he? If Eric Bieniemy is truly interested in being a head coach somewhere, because again, when you listen to him talk about you know Indy is the only team on my radar right now, and I'm really curious to see how this works out, and he's gone out on multiple head coaching interviews. At some point, somebody must have told him, like, we're not going to hire you because you don't call plays in Kansas City. Like, why did he not think of this lateral move earlier? Or is he truly waiting for Andy Reid to leave? You know, is that is that is that his future game plan, which I could definitely see? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it, because it could be like a, a uh, Bruce Arians, uh, Todd Bowles situation in, in Tampa Bay where Andy Reid, you know, coaches for another year or two or whatever, and then take like slides into a front office role and basically like appoints uh, Bienemy, the head coach. That's when does uh, Andy Reid's son get out of prison? Because maybe when his son gets out of prison, he'll retire and spend more time with him so that he doesn't commit future crimes. I don't know. Maybe he'll retire, and then when his son gets out, he'll go back to coaching because he doesn't want to hang out with him. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to hang out with that guy either. Did you see uh, Chusaholic got out? Yeah, he's been putting out yeah, fucking you know funny-ass videos. Do you know why he got out? I got I got the inside scoop on that. They're doing I a... I thought they just uh, did a bail reduction. No, they're doing well. Just whoever bailed him out is doing a um, like a documentary on him. Oh, okay. So, so he they they took him to the, the game. They had he to was get at the Super Bowl. He yeah, was at he the was, Super Bowl. He was at the Super Bowl. He traveled the Super Bowl with cameras, apparently. And there will be some kind of internet uh, documentary. So you know out. what? I bet it. I bet he was able to do that because he was getting paid for it. So it was like no. Traveling. They said it was a said it was a family vacation in Arizona. Oh, okay. <laughs> This is this is from a source with direct knowledge of the uh, situation. So, is it visionless, Dave? Maybe, Uncon- <laughs> un- unconfirmed. But um, yeah, cannot I'm, confirm I'm, or deny these baseless as- allegations. I'm not. I'm not saying it wasn't visionless, Dave, but it might have been visionless, Dave. All right. So yeah, I I would I will be watching that documentary the second it drops because he is the most fascinating character on the internet at the moment. These videos he's been posting are fucking hilarious. Yeah, he's like, you know, I, I I supported my lifestyle following the Chiefs around for you know three years by robbing banks, and now I'm gonna make memes on the internet. So, well, I mean, it, it is very smart because he can't profit off his crimes, but he he can profit from being famous for committing the crimes. You know, right? Like he, he's in this weird spot of you know, like son of Sam laws. Uh, you know, you're you're profiting off of being Chiefs Holic. The only reason people know Chiefs Holic is because he robbed banks and went to games. So. Right. Nice, so uh, he can't make money off of like, you know, selling the rights to a movie about his bank robbing, but he can make money just by being famous for being the guy who robbed the banks with a fucking uh, wolf mask on. I think, by so, the way, uh, that that's not true. I think people said, no, that was a that was a fake. Pit. So I, I learned yeah. later that that was a, that was a legitimate bank robbery, but that was not him. Yeah. OK, because he I, I'm pretty sure in his bank robberies, he wore a paintball mask. Yeah, um, or Jason Mask, I thought I read, but same thing. Okay, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so I'm a big fan of the movie The Town. I would love to see a remake of The Town, but with Chief Zaholic as the main I was character. thinking Point Break. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I think The Town fits a little bit better. You get, uh, you know, a squad of, like, incest-ridden retards from Kansas City. Jesus Christ. I went, like, weeks without saying that word. <laughs> No, but you, you get like some some chief squad together, and just have them rob banks instead of uh, Ben Affleck and Jeremy Renner. I would, and then you know their last takedown, they get caught, and you know, everything goes south. And then maybe you get uh, Chief Zaholic in a shootout in front of uh, McDonald's, and you know gets popped. And movie ends. Visionless Dave arrests him. Yeah, that would be yeah. Fucking private investigator VD is the uh, one who cracks the case. <sighs> I think somebody needs to uh, pitch that to uh, a Hollywood scriptwriter. Oh, you, you pitch it to Kyle since Kyle runs Hollywood. Drew. Yeah, like, oh yeah, I was uh, I was texting Will about that episode. It was uh, very relevant to a lot of life discussions that we've had. So yes, <laughs> anywho, just to encapsulate everything. Good hire. Those that are upset, stop. On a going on a fucking Valentine's Day or some shit. Go on Pornhub, knock one out, and feel a little happier after the fact. Bengals fans, obviously, they'll be taking the incest sites. So, there you I'm go. expecting I'm expecting Grant to write a long apology letter to Todd Munkin about his um, fake news that he spread on the internet too. His ageist remarks. Yeah, I still, still <laughs> maybe the funniest part about hiring him is just Grant just convinced that this is some fucking geriatric fuck we pulled out of a nursing home. Like I imagine him rolling up in a rascal to the podium, like and they like. <laughs> Help him up, and he's got like purple tennis balls on the end of his walker as he's like going to the thing. If you but hadn't caught me so, if you hadn't caught me so off guard with those comments, I would have like baited you into tweeting a bunch of stuff about how he was an old man, just so I could quote tweet one of them with a picture of him being fifty-seven and ruin your day. But I was so caught off guard. I was like, like where is this coming from? Like, who who is this? Who is that this picture though that they life? they were including in in every tweet the same exact one with him with his arms crossed for whatever reason in that picture his, his hair is very like stringy coming out of his hat and he has like a like a biden look to him so i do understand kind of yeah. where you, like when grant saw it he was like who the fuck is this old man yeah but like, I was like yeah, when you I look closer though he doesn't have like old man skin or anything i think it's just like the wind was blowing in like a in, in the wrong way and it made him look old and, and like frail but no i i think Biden he's a great he's, example he's, though. he's not yeah. he's fine he's good like if, when i my, when i first like looked at it i was like holy shit we just hired this fucking guy <laughs> that has the same hair from the crypt keeper from tales from the crypt and he's just got a hat on covering up and i was like we're doing the same fucking shit again this is a dean p's madison type hire like what are we doing and then after further review, he was not that old. And I, f- I mean, it is what it is at this point, but I am happy for the hire now. Hey, man, the real ones can acknowledge when they're wrong. It's all good, man. Yep. There was a solid, it happened. There was a solid, there was a solid hour there that Grant literally thought we hired, like somebody was collecting social security a week ago. I still uh, want to yeah. see his birth certificate though. Grant was doubling, tripling, <laughs> quadrupling down in, in the fucking chat about, about how Todd Munkin's old. Yeah, I was just, I was like, is, is this a bit that I'm missing here? Like, what, what the fuck's going on? I just, I was, I think, I, was I, little... think I even said that he was around when fire was invented. Yeah. yeah. You had a solid 10, 15 messages exchange with Max in there where you were like, this is an old guy. I was like, is he? 
fucking with Max? Like, am I missing some kind of inside joke here? Like, are you calling Max old? Like, I just don't know. No, I, did, I did zero research and looked at a picture and was like, this dude is like, this ain't you it. Me that's where the, that's where the Legion of Gloom comes in. Grant was like, yeah. let me see this tweet. I'm going to look real close. What can I find about this that I don't like? This fucking guy is old. Look at his hair. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna tweet how he's old. This is terrible. Yeah, he's going back to wing T. <laughs> oh. He's going to run the power eye. It, it was yeah. just, I've never been more mind blown by one of your takes. And you're a Sauce Gardner and George Pickens fan, so that's as well. well. Also, part of his defense of it, too, was like, oh, great, another offensive coordinator who's heavy on tight end usage. <laughs> and he's yeah. not at all. I mean, he ran a lot of he ran a lot of 12. Yeah, but that was at Georgia because, you know, he's got only really tight ends there. You know, he got stuck with head cases. You get kicked out of games and shit like that at wide receiver. So he had to uh, improvise. Yep. You know, bad players who uh, get thrown out of conference games and things like that. Yeah. Beat up, up mental, mentally handicapped people in high school. Allegedly. Future accountant. Yep, future accountant. You act like he beat up radio. He did. George Pickens beat up his school's version of radio. No. Allegedly. No, it's not alleged he did it. The, the, the kid, the kid's alleging how mentally handicapped he was. But um, you know, again, not not sure. It's just, just really it, my that. allegedly is just like a. It's it, it's like parentheses. Like you, you can you can it applies to any word in the entire sentence at the end. It's like Ezel, my neck, my neck, and my back. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! We can settle out of the court around that for twenty dollars. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't gonna tell nobody else. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you know, like George Pickens is beating up Beetlejuice in high school, and then he's uh, you know, <laughs> oh my god, speaking of him, I was watching something the other day on Twitter, and it was like Beetlejuice's best moments, and they Spelling asked him red. to spell red, red. and then the the kid next to him spelled red four times in a row, and Beetlejuice <laughs> yeah. is like R E X T, and I'm like Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, the fact that Howard Stern got away with that for all these years, and now he's like this woke woke guy who's like you know all about like trump's an asshole i was like you literally bullied a mentally handicapped midget for like uh also trump was on he was like a a regular guest on stern show for decades he would trump would call in with like fake voices and stuff he would be like um what's the fucking impressionist guy that used to call him the stern oh yeah uh sour shoes yeah sour shoes yeah and i mean that was what trump did and now all of a sudden trump's this horrible guy and I mean, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not speaking on behalf of Trump here. I'm I'm just saying that Howard Stern has <laughs> has taken a, a weird turn. Howard Stern is going to be his turn is going to be like what the uh, Legion of Gloom does when we extend Lamar and sign a legitimate wide receiver. They'd be like, oh, I always love DDC. I don't know what you guys are talking about. It'll be a great uh, great example for them. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm, just, I'm just patiently waiting for this uh, notification to pop up that we extend the Lamar Jackson so we can come on here and dance on some graves. Yeah, it's got to be by March first. Whenever that's coming, whenever that happens, we got to record. Oh, we're that, doing an that immediate day. podcast. Yep, that absolutely. Day. If Another not, like immediately. Time. Yeah, right. Yes. Do we absolutely. do we find find a lot of terrible tweets and we line those people up as guests and say like, oh, we'd love, like to come on and talk about the Lamar Jackson extension, and then just read their tweets to them, bury them for a couple minutes, and kick them off. No, I have a plan. Yes. I have a plan for all those people. Can can someone start compiling the tweets? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean. I may or may not have a lot of tweets saved to uh, go all back right. to. So, uh, yeah, I'm gonna need you to, to compile all that because I have a I have a plan. Okay. Anywho, that's gonna do it for this week's episode. We will be back to this, to discuss this, that, and the other. 
for all things Ravens and various other things of the internet that are good or shit. But in the meantime, <coughs> it's time for me to die. Oh! Zone, zone 32. 32.